concerning the thing called after the chastisement. After the chastisement. You know, this nation and surrounding areas have been chastised quite severely in the last month with hurricanes and earthquakes and all other manners of things. Wouldn't you say that was a chastisement? When you look at Florida, when you look at Texas, when you look at Mexico, when you look at the Florida Keys, when you look at Puerto Rico, when you look at the Caribbean, when you look at the Bahamas, when you look at all of that, you see a severe chastisement. Amen. 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 Now, that things have calmed down a little bit, what are we going to do after the chastisement? That's the question. What happens after the chastisement. Do we go back to business as usual? Or do we hear the call of God and do what's necessary for us to live? Hmm? What's going to happen after the chastisement? After God finishes whooping on us, what are we going to do? And that's what our message is about today. After the chastisement. We'll be coming out of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, starting at the 6th verse. Hold your place there. That's our main text. But I want you to go to Amos, the book of Amos in the Old Testament. Amos is <coughs> right before Obadiah He's and right after Joel. Amos, the fifth chapter, verses 18 and verses 19. Tell me when you get there, if you would. Be there? The Bible says here, woe unto you, verse 18. It says, woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. The Bible says, To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. And it's as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him. That's what the day of the Lord is going or he went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. The day of the Lord is something that comes forth as a chastisement to us. It was the day of the Lord when all these natural disasters came forth. And during that time of Irma, when they thought it was going to hit on the east side of Florida, everybody moved to the west side. See, that's that meeting that line and running into a bath. See, and then when they went to the west side, what happened? It shifted and came to, what I'm trying to say is, the day of the Lord 
There's no hiding place. (laughs) You can't hide from God. I can't hide from God. You know what I mean? So what are we going to do after the chastisement, people? What are we going to do? We've seen that we can't get away from God. We've seen that when we run from the lion, the east side, we run into a bear over here on the west side because Irma came over there. And then when we tried to go up, we went into that house, put our hand on the wall, and the serpent bit us. See, there is no hiding place. We can't get away from God. None of us. So what are we going to do after the chastisement? Is it still going to be business as usual? Because there will come a time and is now when... It's not going to be a chastisement anymore. It's going to be the taking of lives. So going back over here to our main text, we're going over here to Matthew 44 and 45. Matthew, the fifth chapter, Verses 44 and 45. Amen. Where the Lord says, love thine enemies. Do good to those that hate you. Bless those that curse you and pray for those that despitefully use you. And then you'll be known as children of your Father which is in heaven who causes the sun to rise on the good and the evil and the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. So God says now, regardless of whether you're good or evil, or regardless of whether you're just or unjust, I'm going to cause the sun to rise on everybody. I'm going to give everybody a chance. And I'm going to cause the rain to fall on everybody too. Why would God do that? Well, if you think about it. When the sun was shining on the good and we were still in our sin, it shined on us then, didn't it? So why is it then that now that we call ourselves good, and Jesus said, ain't no man good but my Father which is in heaven. But anyway, since we call ourselves good, then why is it that we don't want the sun to shine on the sinner? You know, church folk are judgmental. They're judgmental now. But when we were over there, we wanted the sun to shine on us, right? Mm -hmm. So what God does is God knows all of this. And he knows that we haven't been good all our life, that we've been evil, and we still are. God knows that we haven't been just all our life, that we've been unjust. So this is what God does. God says, I'm going to be an equal opportunity chastiser. I'm going to cause the good and the evil to get some sunshine. Because I got to let everybody know that I love them. And then I'm going to cause the rain to fall on the just and the unjust because I need to see who's really with me and who's not. So what are we going to do after the chastisement? 
Are we going to go to God or are we going to go on our separate ways? What are we going to do, y'all? What are we going to do? You know why the Bible says that the angelic force of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents? Do you realize how difficult it is for a person to get saved just once? I'm talking about getting saved. I ain't talking about all this church stuff. I'm talking about salvation here. Do you know how difficult that is? It's as difficult for us to get saved as it was for God to go to that cross so that we would have salvation. That's how difficult it is. Because a whole lot of us are going to say, Lord, didn't I do this? And Lord, didn't I do that? And didn't I prophesy in your name? He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. That's God's word. So a lot of us who say we saved, including myself, the Bible says that we might need to recheck that. I think it's time for the church to recheck their salvation. That's what I think. Because all of this stuff that's coming upon the face of this earth, he said, now, I'm going to bring some stuff that's going to cause me and hearts to fail them. The book of Luke. Now, I'm going to tell you something. To be in a 185-mile wind hurricane with wind gusts up to 128 miles an hour, that would give me a heart attack. I don't know about you, to be in an earthquake, 8.1, and they still hidden as of this morning down there, and you seeing everything fall and collapse on people and stuff, now that, that would be kind of frantic to me. And it would make me not want to have that chastisement that I see that God is bringing on this world. I wouldn't want that at my door. So that means I've got to rethink myself. So he tells me to love my enemies, do good to those that hate me, bless those that curse me, and pray for those that despitefully use me. He's telling me to do everything that my natural sense goes against. He's telling me to take a river that's flowing this way, steady, and turn it the other way. That's what he's asking me to do when he tells me to, to, to love my enemies. Who wants to love their enemies? Who wants to do good to those that hate you? Who wants to bless those that curse you? Who wants to pray for those that despitefully use you? But that's what he tells us to do. Amen. It goes against everything that we believe in, right? Amen. It goes against everything that we feel if we're truthful about it. Because when somebody do us wrong, you know how that is. We have a problem with that. But Hebrews, the 12th chapter, starting at verse 6 says, For whom the Lord loved, he chastens. That word chastens means to harshly disapprove. And scourges every son whom he received. That word scourges there means that he inflicts punishment. See, a lot of people don't want to understand and don't want to believe that God will harshly disapprove of what we're doing and God will inflict punishment for us if we continue to do it. 
Yes, he's a God of love, but he's placed his word above all his name. That's what God's word says. So God is not going to change what he's documented or had documented about himself in this Bible. God's not going to change that just because we don't believe that God will do what he says he will do. It's still not going to change. Jesus said not one jot, one till shall pass away from this word in no wise. To law is fulfilled. So, so Hebrews tells us in verse 7 that if we endure the chastening, that God dealeth with us as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastens not? But if we be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, everybody get chastised, then are ye bastards. And not sons. That's his word. That ain't mine. That word bastard that means that you're without a father. Furthermore, verse 9 says, We have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence, did we not? When our parents whooped our butt, didn't we settle down? We showed them reverence for a little while, didn't we? Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live, he said? Hmm? If we can be subjected to the chastisement that our parents give us, then shouldn't we also be and show reverence to the chastisement that God the Father gives us and live, he says? Verse 10 says, For they verily, talking about these earthly fathers that whoop us, for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure. But he, God, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. See, God chastises us for our profit. Our parents chastise us for their profit. Let me show you how this works. God says, I'm going to chastise you to bring you into holiness, right? A man chastises his son. He says, I'm chastising you because of what you've done wrong, right? But in his heart, he's really trying to please himself because he's dissatisfied with what the child done. So he don't stop whooping the child until he's pleased with what he did, right? That's what God's talking about. He said, now, well, you earthly fathers, y'all do it to please yourself. You chastise. But he said, now, I'm going to do it to bring you into holiness. See, our ways are not like God's ways. Once we satisfy, God said, we're whooping the child, then we have pleased ourselves. We, we, we say to ourselves, well, that's enough for what he did. So I'm pleased with what I've done, right? We get a we say we don't like it and we don't like it, but there is a pleasing aroma to it because it brings submission to that child, or we hope. That's what we hope. Sometimes the chastisement makes the child worse. Sometimes God chastisement does make us worse, do it not? Does it not make us rebel even more? Have you ever not had your way with God and you fought him? 
I'm going to do what I want to do in spite of. Have you, come on, can we be real? We've all done it, right? Amen. Amen. And God didn't throw us away. He still loves us, right? But he still chastises us too, right? And sometimes if you keep trying to take what God don't want you to have, he'll give it to you, to your own destruction. I've been there too. And now we're sitting in a corner depressed, crazy looking, mad. But who are we mad at? But we won't admit it. We'll find something else to put that anger on. But really, we're mad at our own self because of the foolish mistakes. And we do make a lot of them, don't we? I mean a lot of them. Seem like we're prone to making foolish mistakes. Even the so-called wisest of us. So much for wisdom down here. So the word of God goes on and tells us here in uh, verse 11 that of Hebrews 12 that now no one chastens for the present, no chastening for the present seems to be joyous. That's right. That butt whipping don't feel good right now, do it? When we get to do it. Huh? Get it off me. That's what we want, right? And it's grievous, the Bible says. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Let's go to Psalm 51.5. Go there for me. Psalm 51.5. Have you got it on the screen? Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shaping in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Remember I told you about that river going one way? That's that sinful river. See, we were shaped that way. There it is. And in our mother's womb, we was conceived in what? Sin. So when we came out, we was already crazy. Amen. Come on. Amen. Didn't nobody have to tell us when we were this high how to do wrong. Amen. It was a problem for us to do what was right. Because what no right in us. Right? Amen. Am I preaching? So what do we have to do? We have to chastise them. Why? Because I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. I come out of this thing wrong. Mm. And while I was in there, I was being shaped and molded in sinfulness. And it <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I come out like a mad dog, wanting to have my way when I'm 12 years old, trying to tell my parents what to do, talking crazy, huh? Wanting it to do it our way. Didn't nobody have to teach. You was already shaped and molded in that. Didn't nobody have to teach that to you. What God got to do now is rebirth, rebirth us and teach us all over again. And let me tell you something. The force of a river going one way, trying to change it to another way is not an easy thing to do. Amen. You're talking about a force here. You are talking about a force here. That's why the Bible says don't judge nothing before it's time and be long-suffering with one another. We have to be. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
It's him the one that leads me beside the still waters. It's him the one that teaches me to lie down in green pastures. It's him the one that restores my soul. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for God walks with me. So God says here in verse 12, wherefore he says, I need for you, being that we were molded, shaped in iniquity and sin and conceived in sin in our mother's womb, it says, this is what I need you to do. Verse 12. He said, I need you to lift up your hands, which are hanging down, and your feeble knees. Now, what God is saying here is now, you know, I need for you to stop reaching for things in the world and start reaching toward me. Y'all don't hear me. God is saying because when you reach for the things of the world with your hands hanging down instead of hanging up, it brings a weight on you and it makes your knees weak and feeble. In other words, your stance with God becomes weak. Our stance with God becomes weak when we go at these things of the world. And that's why the church has no power today because the preachers have preached a gospel of prosperity of the world and not of God. So now we're reaching out to the things of the world, thinking that it's God that's doing this. But is it? Is it God? Would God give us something that would cause our hands to hang down and our knees to be weak? Hmm? So what do we do? We get over debt. Makes you weak in the knees. The eyes are always wanting. They're never satisfied. Mine not. Me personally, it's bad to get on certain levels in life because if you ever fall off that level, it's still in your head to want to be on that level, and you have to deal with where you are. You understand what I'm saying? So, so if you used to having $1,000 in your pocket, and now you're down to 300 did you not know you feel broke? Because your level is walk around money, 1000 That's just walk around money. You understand what I'm saying? Now, that scares some people, but when you're on that, hey, man, you got people spend a billion dollars like it ain't nothing. Because they're on that level. And where we might not conceive spending a billion dollars at one time, it ain't nothing to them. Because they're on that level. And when they fall off that level, they still got to deal with themselves on it. See, see, being on a certain level has a double-edged sword to it. You better hear what I'm saying. You got to be careful with that thing. That's why Paul said, I've learned how to be full when I'm hungry and hungry when I'm full. I've learned how to be content with whatever state that I'm in. See, that's talking about discipline now. That ain't talking about being a Christian. That's talking about being a disciple now. Discipline. Discipline. See, when you, when you just want to just turn loose and do your thing, but you got to have discipline. You got to wait. 
But you ain't used to waiting. It don't feel good, do it? But these are the things and the challenges of life that we have to deal with, right? I mean, let's just get real about this. Let's stop playing church. Let's get down in here and let's, let's deal with ourselves and pull together and understand what it is that we're really up against. It's not so much Satan that we're up against. It's ourselves, people. We are our greatest enemy. The greatest enemy lies within us. It's called you. And it's called me. And if we could ever cut ourselves loose, we could get free. Yes, we could. But it's difficult to cut self loose because self don't want to go, do it? Huh? Don't make no difference. Self just like God. Everywhere you go, it's there. <laughs> huh? Hello? So if you was crazy over here, you're going to be crazy over there too. Huh? Yeah. That's just the way it is, right? You ever tried to run away from your problem? Say, if I can just leave. If I could just go to another town, another city, and two weeks later, self is old crazy. He said, self followed you, and self follows me. Mm-hmm. Don't. And it'll have you doing what you normally do, right? That's the way that thing is. So, so, so God is saying, okay, this is why I chastise you. Told you hard-headed, Larry. Verse 13 says, he says, now, wherefore, verse 12, lift up your hands, which hang down, I explained that to you, and the feeble knees. Now, verse 13 says, I want you to make a straight path. What? For your feet. See, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Straight. Well, let's see what he's talking about here, the straight path for your feet. Watch this. Least that which is lame be turned out of the what? Now, Jesus is the way. Amen? Now, healing comes from being in the way. Being in Christ, right? Because with us, with his strife, we were healed, right? Uh-huh. He said, now, we need to make a straight path with our walk, our feet. Least that which is lame in us. And everybody got some lame stuff in them. Be turned out of Christ <laughs> the way. Amen. Y'all with me? But it says stay there because I'd rather for you to be healed. Right? But in order to be healed, we got to stay in the way. Right? Amen. Amen? You ever drove a car with the worm gear all messed up? Yo, y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? See, see, y'all too used to all them good cars. Yeah. Now, now, see, I've driven them things where you got to just, it's got about, it's got a, about half a stern wheel of play. 
and you fighting that thing, right? And that thing going all over the road, and you trying to keep. <laughs> see, y'all don't know. Me and Tom know about that. See, see, y'all young bucks. Y'all, y'all used to have good cars. You know what I'm saying? Look at this Kentucky over there. <laughs> she driving old nice cars and stuff. But you ought to be in some of them things I done drove before. That thing be all over the road, all out of the way. Be hitting bump, boom, 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 boom. You gotta get back. You got to get back. That's the way life is when we get out of the way. God will do something to us to wake us up before we have a wreck. Now, if you don't listen to the boom, 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 next thing you're going to hear is boom, y'all, because you're going to be done ran into something. You ever seen going down the road and you seen where them cars run into them rails? You know what I'm talking about, them rails, they just, just chew them up. Because they texting or whatever it is they doing. You know, it take a fool to be behind the stern wheel and looking at a phone. Everywhere. They everywhere. If you got a phone and you got a car, you might fall in that category of being a fool. Because only a fool would do that. Right? That's a car. It'll kill you. That's a weapon. And we treating it like it's a toy. Got that old phone trying to drive you out of your mind. Or you got a dog and you got the dog in your lap and you driving like a fool. Oh, you a stupid idiot. What about if you got to make a quick, oh God, decision? How in God's name? Are you going to be able to turn that? Oh, y'all don't want to mess with me this morning. Saw one the other day, had two of them in our lap, looking stupid as a mule. Putting other people's life in jeopardy with your cell phones and your dogs. Yeah, I'm on you. I'm on you because you need to think about this before you mess around and be in jail for doing something stupid. They put you in jail for that. And they don't feed in jail nowadays too well. Verse 13 says, I need for you to make your straight Paths with your street. Who are you talking about? What is this straight path? Let's go to Isaiah 40, verse 3. Isaiah 40, verse 3. Look what God says. Now, now this path, this straight path, that word straight there, have you got that on the screen, sir? That verse there says, the voice of him that cried in the wilderness. That's John the Baptist, the spirit of grace. It says, prepare ye the way of who? Not yourself, but of who? Mm -hmm. Make straight, that that word is, in the desert a highway for our God. So, Inside of us is this wilderness, right? 
this, what we call uncharted land, okay? Brendan spoke about that, right? Now, there's the voice of the Spirit crying out in this uncharted land because it wants us to come into it, right? But in order for us to get there, it said, now, there's some preparation involved. The preparation involved is the Word of God being inside and activated, okay? It says, now prepare ye the way of the Lord and make straight. I want you to pay attention to that word straight there. That word straight there means a staircase, a stairway. So as we go forward in God, as we walk in God, we walk upward with him. Okay? Our level of understanding and living for God Today shouldn't be where it was six months ago. Amen? <clears throat> the only way that it'll be the same is, like Doc said just a minute ago, we're complacent. Now, if we're complacent with just coming to church, hearing what we think is the Word of God, and not doing anything with it, you're going to remain complacent. And there's not going to be any growth. And that goes for me, and that goes for you, and that goes for anybody else. That's just the way it is, right? Now, thank you, Chad. Now, the Bible tells us that we are to make a straight path in the desert. For the highway of our God, right? Now, we already know we're in a wilderness because there's an uncharted land inside of us called the kingdom of God. Amen? Also, there's a desert in us. There's a barren place in us. That's where God wants to touch. Because in that desert place in us ain't nothing growing. That's why our souls need to be serviced by the word of God. Now, God wants us to make a straight path with our feet in the desert, that dry place, that place that ain't growing nothing. Because don't nothing grow in the desert until the right rain hit it. Now, there are seeds that lay in the desert 20 years before the right rain come and cause it to bloom. There are seeds that's been planted in you that won't even come out until much later in your life. Amen? The right situations in life will have to bring it out. Am I making sense? Now God says now, but what I need you to do, I need you to prepare this place in the desert. Because I don't need it in the wilderness. That's the uncharted land. That's where my voice is crying trying to get you to. That's that uncharted land. I got plenty of that inside you. You know. I got, all, I got a lot of stuff up in here that I'm trying to get you to. But you got to stop allowing your hands to hang down, Larry. And you got to stop your knees from being weak. See, I can use myself. You know. You have to use yourself. 
Well, then you can look at me and say, well, you know, the pastor sure talked about himself, the apostle, he documented, he sure talked about himself. No, I'm talking about you too. I'm just using me as an example, hoping that you've got sense enough to receive what God is saying without getting an attitude. Because like I told y'all before, I'd rather for you to listen than to make you mad. You know, I can't get you to listen when you're mad at me. Yeah, y'all huff up, close your ears. Buck. Like they bucket on me, but they <laughs> did God slap them. Can I tell you? He says that he wants to make this desert in us so that God can come through. And as he walks through that desert, he makes it a highway, which is that staircase, that straight place. And as God comes through, within us and walks forward he walks upward he absorbs everything that's in that desert and takes it with him are y'all with me it's like a magnet you stick a magnet down in some dirt it'll pull iron out of it well see God will pull the gold out of us that's all he's interested in He's not interested in the other stuff. It's the gold. Because the gold represents spiritual purity. Amen? So y'all with me on that? Okay. So remember, you can't go forward in God without going up. Okay? You got it? Amen. Amen. We're getting there. Just about finished. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 14. He said, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Y'all see it there, right? Amen. Go to Isaiah 42, 16. We're almost done. Isaiah 42, 16. Over there. Amen. Isaiah 42, 16 says... And I will, watch what he says he will do. He says, I'm on, I will bring the who? <clears throat> By what? That they what? So God said, I'm going to take this blind man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take all the blind. That should encompass all of us, shouldn't it? Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Shit that <laughs> God said I'm going to take the blind and I'm going to bring them I'm going to bring them he said not somebody else God said not the pastor not the apostle not the prophet not the teacher none of that God said I'm going to be the one that bring the blind by a way that they didn't know. Remember he said he's going to come through that desert? For the highway of our God? See, God got a special way that he wants us to go. (laughs) 
And in order for us to get there, he's got to be the one to lead us, right? Amen. I'm right about that, right? Now, now God says here that, he says, now, look. He said, I'm going to bring these blind folk, right? I'm gonna, I will bring them. But then I saw something that was wild. I want you to go to Matthew 15, 14. Go to Matthew 15, 14. I don't even know if I got it up there. I don't think I do. But go to Matthew 15, 14. I want you to see something that Jesus said. And that didn't strike me until the other day when I was studying. After all this time, you know. Matthew, what, 15, 14 over there? Annie, read that. Who got it? Let them alone. Let them, right there. Let who alone? Them. Now, who is them? Us. No, read it. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. He talking about them leaders first. He's, wait a minute, baby. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's who he's talking about first. He said, let them alone. That never stood out to me before. Don't even worry about it, he said. He said, they be the blind, leading the blind. But God said, I'm going to be the one that lead the blind into this new way. He said, let them alone. For they be the blind leading the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, what they going to do? They're going to wreck. Right? Just like I was talking about with them dogs and that cell phone. Right? You keep doing that and you're going to have a wreck. If you keep following the blind, you're going to have a wreck. Amen? Amen? <laughs> now, 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 now. What about that leader that's in you that's blind? Oh, oh, see, see, you didn't think I was going to get you, did you? See, see. <laughs> Let me get back up here. They might throw a rock. See, what about that blind leader that's all the time telling us what to do that's inside of us that's causing us to rip? See, you get them amens real quick when you talk about us up here. Amen. But now when I put that boomerang, put that thing back on you. How many of y'all got that old crazy leader inside yourself that had you all wrecking? Right when you're driving good, you wreck. Everybody got it. Amen. We got some liars in the house. They won't raise their hand, but they tell telling a lie. They crazy too. Amen. Amen. Yeah, they crazy too. They the worst. The ones that won't admit it, them the worst. God is looking for a people that can be honest. Amen. If you got some problems, it's cool here at House of Destiny because we take here the blind, crippled, and the crazy. Because everything come up in here is blind, crippled, and crazy, Amen. including the leaders. Amen. Huh? So we're all in the same pot, right? Amen. No, man. No. God say he's going to be the one to lead us wherever it is that we got to go. That he wants to go. God said he's going to be the one to do it. Now that's his word. So we got this blind leader inside ourselves. And we're listening to it. And it's causing us to wreck a whole lot of places. 
Now, everybody got that thing, that self-destructive mechanism. Everybody got it. That's why I can't talk about you, you can't talk about him, he can't talk about, you know, shut up. Shut that down. Shut it down. We go to running our mouth, and God just looking at us. If I pull the door open on you, my God, you look like all them bones that were stacked up on 300. Y'all remember that movie? You'd have a pile of bones in your closet. But you trying to sweep around somebody else's front door when your your back and front messed up. Says here now, look, he says in verse 16 here, Isaiah 42, 16, I will bring the blind by the way they knew not. And I will lead them in path they have not known. Ephesians 3:20 says, now look here. He says, I will do exceedingly and abundantly above anything that you can think or ask for, according to how the Spirit worketh in you. It's according to how God is working in us as to how exceedingly and how abundantly God is going to bless us. That's an individual thing. Amen? Amen. That's an individual thing. Now, it only becomes a greater collective thing when we as individuals begin to exercise the power more. As we as a individuals begin to exercise God's power more, then that makes the church more powerful too. Because we become collectively together. And he says, I will make darkness light before them, and the crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. That's a promise, y'all. All we have to do is deal with this desert place in us. And prepare a place in that desert for God to come through. And he said, I'll do all this for you. That's a promise. So all we got to do is we need to verse first here. You got. First, all we got to do is hear what God is saying. God says, prepare yourself in the desert, right? That's what God is telling us, to prepare ourselves. When we don't prepare ourselves, we got some issues. Amen? Amen. We got some issues when we don't prepare ourselves. So God's saying, now look, I'm not going to forsake you if you do what I tell you to do because I'm going to be the one that leads you out of the darkness into the light. The steps of a good man, Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen? Last scripture. Isaiah 45, 2. Isaiah 45, Watch this. How beautiful 
Uh, 45, verse 2. That's my fault. Isaiah 45, verse 2. My bad. He says, I will go before thee, and I will make the crooked places straight. See, God's going to go before us and do that. And what I like about God, I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. You know, we've got some strong gates inside of ourselves, right? And we've got some strong bars, right? There are some things that we do that put us in prison with ourselves, right? Amen. Am I in the house? I think it's fair to say that everybody has some problems in that area, and it's okay. That's life. But God said, look, I'm going to break, I'm going to break the, I'm going to break the brass and I'm going to cut asunder the iron bars that, you know, that you imprisoned in yourself. See, it's some things that we've gotten out, Lord Jesus, it's some things that we've gotten ourselves into that we can't get ourselves out. We've been trying to get out of all our life. Now, let's just be real. Paul said it like this, touch not. Taste not, handle not. For those that do perish at the usage thereof. That's why he said that. We got to be careful. We have to teach our children to be careful. We got to teach people to be careful what we touch, taste, and handle. Because there are some things that we can do in life that will put up, put us our own self in prison and throw away the key. And I'm not talking about a physical prison. I'm talking about a prison within. A prison like depression. Schizophrenic. This or that. And it makes the pharmaceutical companies rich. Because all of us on some kind of meds they all about drug addicts. <laughs> I ain't the only drug addict up in here. <laughs> uh, everything up in here is a druggie. If, if nothing else, you're a druggie on your own craziness. You know? Ain't no need in playing with this. See, see, see I'll hit you where it hurt. I'm going to hit you right in the center of yourself. Because if I don't do that, then I'm missing the mark of what God is trying to do in your life. God wants us, after the chastisement, to take a look at ourselves. Yes, we make mistakes. But we got to clean up some stuff too, all of us. Because after the chastisement, now what are we going to do is the word that God has brought forth today. What are we going to do? Amen? Amen. Give God some praise, church. <laughs> Brother, come on up there. Test.